Welcome to the Faith Church Peshtigo podcast. You can connect with us online at faithpeshtigo.com. We're also on Facebook. Just search for Faith Church Peshtigo. Today's podcast features a conversation between Pastor Jay and Pastor Robbie talking about the sermon from June 14th, 2020. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Faith Church Podcast, episode 25. I'm Jay, one of your hosts, joined by Robbie. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. So, yeah. How long are we going to say what number podcast it is? I think forever. Continue saying that? I love that part. Interesting. Episode 25. 25. That's that's an important yeah. anniversary. Silver, paper, pro, what is it? Is it silver? Oh, I don't know. I should figure that out, though. That's you, you're getting fast close. approaching. Yeah. How long have you been married? Uh, Great. Um, we can edit out that pause. <laughs> 20, <laughs> we're coming up on 23. 23. In the, in the produced version of that, that sounds like, hey, how long have you been married? We're coming up on 23 years. Uh, three, 23 years. That's right. We'll just, we'll tighten that up in post. Yep. Tighten that up. So, yeah, episode 25. You don't like saying the number? No, I'm just curious if we're going to always say the number. Well, I don't know if we said we didn't say it. I did, so fair point. The question would be: Am, am I going to? Are you? I don't know if we're off to the most engaging start here so far. I feel like this is the, maybe the most engaging that we've ever been. <laughs> this is the best we have to offer. We've been we've been apart for a week. That's true. How was your trip, by the way? It was great. We went uh, to the to Door County to a couple of state parks over there and uh, did some biking and kayaking. And I made a fire, I built a fire, which people who have been here the whole time or since I've been here would know that I think that was in my candidating sermon. I told a story about how I'm incompetent in building fires and how Silas, my now almost 14 year old, when he was like six or seven, was just asking me, begging me to go ask the neighbors for help because I couldn't get a fire. All he wanted was a campfire and I couldn't do it. And uh, he was saying, can't we ask? Can we ask them for help? They have a fire. And I was like, no, we can't ask anybody for help to build a fire. Um, so this time we were laughing about that this time and how I was actually, I even split firewood and nice. made kindling and then built a fire. Did you make a feather stick? Um, I don't know. I'll show you how to make a feather stick. My father-in-law taught me how to make a feather stick once. I don't, what is that? It's a, it's, it's a bushcraft technique. Do I have to catch we'll a bird? We'll talk about it later. No. Oh. No, it's a little, it's a thing you do with a knife on a stick and it makes yeah. it so it like catches fire really easily. Oh, oh, that's cool. It's a good technique. No, yeah, I didn't, I didn't do any of that fun stuff. Um, no, but we did all that and then we, we got home and then we had like the nature channel in our backyard in our garage because we had a baby wood duck, also known as a wood duckling, I oh. think, fall out of the tree, which I guess they do. That sounds thing. adorable. They jump out. It was so adorable. I saw that on planet Earth in like slow motion when it when it like floats. They float did you to the or ground. are you just saying I that did. because I said that earlier? You really did see that? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know if it it's floated. An adorable scene. It is it's an adorable scene. It's slow motion. Did then, it was did it happen in slow motion in your yard? I don't know. I didn't oh. see it. Lauren did. And then the duckling like went into the garage, so we had to catch the duckling and try to release him or her. That, I don't know how that to, didn't happen on planet Earth. No, it didn't go into a garage. No, after it landed. no, that doesn't normally. I don't think in its natural habitat that happens, but in our backyard it does. And we tried to release the duckling, um, and then shortly after that, a snake came into our garage. I think looking for the duckling. Ooh. So um, we we did the things and got That's both of them out of That's less cute alive. than the duckling. 
less cute, but we do enjoy snakes in our yard because that they like mice. So if I had to choose on that, my rating system there would go uh, duckling up high. Uh-huh. I have to tell you, I have to verbalize where I'm pointing because it's hard to see my hand motions through the podcast. So high would be the duckling, mm-hmm. then the snake, uh-huh. then the mice. Okay. That makes sense. So, so I'm happy with the snakes, even though normally that's not my thing. Um, so yeah, that's what, that's what happened. So we've been, I've been away and, uh, now I'm back and excited to be back and excited for this week to be back because this Sunday we are going to be gathering in person outside. It's a pretty big deal. It is a big deal. So yeah. So if you weren't aware of that, we're meeting outside at nine 30. So it's one service and we're encouraging people to bring, bring a chair or a blanket to sit on and, uh, we will be at our property, but outside. And I'm just really excited about it because I finally will get to preach to our people in real person. live three dimensional faces, real live that are not Jeff Bauer. Cause right now right. that's been my audience every week. And, uh, he doesn't laugh at any of your jokes. He laughs at none of my jokes. And that way he's a lot like most of our people, but in the other ways he, he just, so it, it'll be good for that. And it'll be good to have like a normal rhythm where we're not, recording on a Thursday, but we could it's just a normal rhythm this week. So it's been good. So right on. Yeah. You missed me, huh? Terribly. Yeah. It's good to have you back. Thanks. It's the nicest thing you ever said to me. Awkward pause. <laughs> he was, <laughs> he's not denying that. So anyway, we had a, uh, you preached last week. I did. So that was good. I hope so. Yeah. I was I was challenged by it. I our children and myself actually really enjoyed uh, your song. Oh um, yes, yeah. somebody texted me and said that they're going to make that their new ringtone. Yeah, I think I I think it was so catchy that I remember the the melody. I think it was remember that time when Robbie was the worst. Nailed it. Did I nail that? Yeah, well done. It's a different key. Well done. Well, Joe was leading it. Yeah. So, so my range is a little bigger. Joe's. I feel like I feel like we're really capping me, like not restraining me a lot. But I, uh, I thought that was really fascinating. So I, I was, I want to talk about that. Talk about the sermon. You, you, you did confession, which I think is always this interesting topic, right? Where you have, uh, what at at the outset feels like this really like downer topic, but it actually is one of the most freeing things hmm. and at the core of, of the gospel. And, and it's, it's this beautiful freeing thing that, that we, that we need to be a part of. And so um, I'm just curious, like, as you were preparing that, you know, as we, as we like to figure out kind of looking behind the scenes or there, what was that like preparing for a message like that? Are there things that you left out that you wanted to, you know, would like to have a chance to kind of flesh out a little bit more? That's a tough question because this this is a topic that I always feel like works out better in a conversation. So there's all sorts of things that that you'd want to say, but but uh, the context of Sunday just feels a little weird. So I I my favorite part of that was uh, although it was a little awkward sitting there watching myself, I enjoyed. Uh, being with a, a, a small group of people and, and, and watching the service and then the conversation that followed was super fruitful. 
Um, and that, that environment I felt like was the perfect way to be able to, to, to have those conversations. And so talking to some of the people like Donna and, 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 and Jeff and, and hearing, um, that they had a similar experience of, of conversations afterward that were kind of spurred on by that. Um, and that was really the hope of the sermon. Like, I know I'm not going to answer every question on that. I was really hoping to just generate discussion to get people talking about talking with one another because that's fundamentally what confession boils down to it's so easy for us depending on our church background to kind of compartmentalize it and think of going to confession or doing confession instead of just seeing it as as like james says biblically confess with one another like it's it's just a deeper level conversation that we're having as people who know one another, and it's it really is fundamentally just being honest with each other, just mm-hmm. sharing the things that we're struggling with, sharing the ways that we're failing, and how I needed Jesus this morning, so that you can encourage me and 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 I know how to be more faithful in in that in this afternoon, rather than it being like this event or this activity that I dread, this thing that I go to, this thing that I, that I do out of obligation. Um, but, but being a regular rhythm of, of where we allow our conversations with one another to go. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think, I, I think that's a huge part of it is, is understanding that this is a rhythm of conversation and it should be, it should be, uh, as we're processing through things and talking about what does it look like to follow Jesus and we're encouraging one another, confession has to be a regular part of that. And I think we spend, uh, unfortunately, I think a lot of times in the church, we spend more time looking at really, I mean, we, we don't like to label it this way, but we do more judging than we do confessing Mm. and we do more assessing other situations and, um, and not confessing our own, our own sin in that. And, um, or our own struggles, or our own trials in it. And, and we're missing out then when we don't do that because um, I just was thinking about how freeing it is to do that. It's so freeing to um, to acknowledge how I'm failing in a certain area to a brother uh, in Christ where I can ask them, hey, can you pray for me in this? This is a struggle for me. I, I tend to I tend to get really upset when I, you know, think about these things or I want to speak, make sure I'm speaking graciously into these situations. And I tend to get, you know, riled up or, or whatever. I lack patience with my kids or, or whatever the case is. It's freeing because one, it removes the facade. It removes the whole act of having to feel like I've got things together. Cause I'm just acknowledging up front. I don't have it all together. Right. Um, and then it also, though, frees other people up. I don't know if, if you've ever been around people who, who, if you've been around people who confess and are are quick to confess their own failings, that's that's good company to be in. Like it's you, you don't feel this need to have to. I have to outdo one another, like in in proving myself. But I also, um, I don't. I, I can just be in a place, an environment where it's okay to be where I am right now with people who want me to grow from there. It feels like such a safe environment to be in. I, yeah. I, I, I always think of, uh, of a guy that I knew in Texas who, who had just developed the rhythm of uh, kind of on-the-spot confession. And hmm. so just in normal conversation, it was so he had just developed that, that personal habit in such a way that it didn't feel 
unnatural. Um, and so he would he would be saying something, and then he, and then he'd say you know some some comment about you know, he was a worship leader and just said oh you know I, this is what it was like on Sunday, you know what, the way that came out sounded more arrogant than I meant it to. I I apologize for that. Let me let me rephrase that. And he'd kind of stop, and then he'd say it again. And the first the first time he did that, it really kind of caught me off guard. Like what? Like that's a a lot of self awareness and. Right. Uh, and while I might think that, like I'm constantly self-evaluating, so I may walk away from a conversation thinking of the 20 things that I should have said differently. The fact that he stopped in the middle of the conversation and 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 confessed that, acknowledged that, confessed that, and then kind of gave himself a redo, and then and then moved on, and then we just moved on. Like it wasn't, he didn't make a big deal out of it. It wasn't like, uh, it, it wasn't a big dramatic thing, but that that left such an impression on me of. Uh, a, a beautiful, healthy picture of confession. Like that was just, there was no fear in that. There was no, just a very natural sense of, well, I can acknowledge this, yeah. of course. Like that, that, that kind of stunk. So I can, I can speak that out. And it, and it really, it, it made us fast friends because he, he just always felt like such a safe person to have those kind of conversations with because he modeled that so, mm. so freely. Why do you think people don't do that? Like, why? why? Is that a rhetorical question? <laughs> no, because I'm just thinking. Because I want everyone to think I'm awesome, Jay. And if I speak out loud my own failures, then they're not going to think I'm awesome. I I think that is clearly one <laughs> one of the motivations. I, what if they find out, Jay, that I don't have it all figured out? But I think the safety part is another thing. I think there's a. Uh, I think there are more people who want to be in that kind of. They want to be able yeah. to just say. Um, we want to be able to say, I'm, I'm failing in this, or man, I don't like what just came out of my mouth, but there's a fear of, it, it's kind of like the fear of apologizing. And then the other person being like, yeah, you're right. That was terrible. Right. And, and that's not a safe environment. So I was just thinking how, how do we make it a, a, a healthy environment of that? And one of them is yeah. by confessing. So if I confess, right. then other people around me will also feel freedom to confess. But that needs to be received well right as well so when you when you speak that out when he spoke that out if my response was yeah you really are the worst i was thinking that i'm glad you said something like right. that's gonna have an effect on him if uh if i say nothing if i blow it off or uh or if i immediately go and the next person i talk to i share with them hey you wouldn't believe what this <laughs> clown did that that's going to uh that's going to stifle if not snuff out uh, that that safety of confession so you're absolutely right it's it's it is there's two aspects of that i need to feel the freedom to lay that out there um mm -hmm. but because most of us have experience of people not receiving that well um we may be a little a, a little shy in uh in, in being willing to confess those things out of fear of well, what are you going to do with that yeah Oh, that's good. Yeah. So there's a fear of how it'll be received, fear of how it'll, what will be, what will be done with it. I, for me, a lot of times I'm a fear for me in confession is that the person will think that I'm looking for them to tell me I'm wrong. So hmm. if I say, if I, if I say, you know, I need to, I, what just came out was, um, 
arrogance or self-righteousness. No, 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 and, Jay. You're great. You're right. one of the most humble guys I know. Don't even think that ever again. Yeah. And I hate that. Like, it just drives me up a wall. Like, if I'm trying to confess and then I got somebody telling me, like, no, 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 you're good. And I know where it comes from. It's a, It comes from a place of, like, I don't want you to feel bad. Yeah. But then that I just, want to encourage you. Right. Which is good. I think that's what I'm doing. And I think, I think that's where, you know, some good follow-up conversations are. So, so I guess a practical thing in that is if your knee-jerk response is to create this environment of confession um, and talk of confession with your friends. I mean, one is make sure that you receive it well and graciously and that, that you keep confidence there, that you're not running and, you know, sharing that with other people. Um, but also if, if your knee-jerk response is when somebody confesses something is to immediately want to make them feel better in that moment by telling them, no, this wasn't really, you shouldn't feel convicted. Like, oh no, you're a good person or you're a great, you're a great dad or you're whatever. Um, I, I get that knee-jerk response, but that's also not encouraging a confession. Like it, I think you need to, uh, it, it's more helpful. I, but you don't want to pile on. So like if, if, if I say, if I say, man, I just feel like I've not been a good dad lately. Um, if, if you were to say, Robbie, if you were to, to say like, yeah, you have, I bet you have been a terrible dad. Mm -hmm. That's not great. I'm glad you finally noticed. I'm glad you finally noticed everybody else was talking about it. Um, but on the other hand saying, Oh no, 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 you're, you're a great dad. Like, don't be so hard on yourself. That's also not encouraging. So what is the right response? What is, I'm glad you asked. (laughs) Not that one that I just said. Um, I I think I, one of the things that I've taken to doing when someone says that, say, look, I'm not, I can't be the, I'm not the Holy Spirit. So if you're, the Holy Spirit is convicting you of this, then I would listen to that. And that there's, um, you know, there's grace in there. I, that that might be something I, w- I would say. I might also say, you know, I, I might also identify with that of feeling like, yeah, I, I know what that feels like. And, and I'm so glad that, that in Jesus all of my wrongs are made right and that God is, is that I'm a work in progress and God knows that and that there's grace in that. Um, certainly p- when people offer to pray for me in that, like, cause a lot of times when my confession is like, let's say I, I'm losing patience with my kids. Um, I want you, would you pray for me and with me that I, that, that I would, that I would respond to them in a, in a godly way. So I think all of those can be, um, can be helpful ways to encourage the confession, but not rob the moment, you know, because um, we just, we so, we so want to be self-justified. We want to, we want to be able to, to say what I did wasn't that bad. And when someone goes out on a limb and says, you know what, this is just sin. And I want to call this out so that it, it doesn't have control over me. Then we want to be brothers and sisters who, um, who press into that with you like that, who, who say yes and praise God that in Jesus, the sin is forgiven and that I don't have to remain in this. Man, um, you, I think you really, really touched on the, the key difference there is, is my, my response to you shouldn't be, no, 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 you're great. My response should be, yeah, but Jesus is great. Right. Right. Like yeah, that very well may be true. And, and if, uh, and if certainly if that's the spirit that's giving you that conviction, then that is absolutely true. But look how great Jesus is that, yeah. that that is covered under the cross. And that actually encourages me because if I'm feeling genuine conviction over something and you say, no, 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 you're awesome. 
I know I'm not awesome. I know that that right. sin is real. I know that that sin is hurting me or hurting or hurt someone else badly. And hearing, no, 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 it's fine, makes me feel worse. But to say, yeah, that that might that might have hurt you. But man, let's let's just take a second and thank Jesus that He is so much bigger than that. That yeah. He knows that He is with you in that He. He loves you enough that he would bring that to your attention so that you wouldn't continue to walk in that. Like, isn't Jesus awesome? Then I get to celebrate his justification rather than try to fool myself into my own justification. Right, because self-justification, it is fooling ourselves. Like self-justification right. is fooling us, and it only lasts, even if it makes you feel better in the moment, you know, how long before you're walking away and saying, ah, but, you know, but they didn't know this about it. And, and it's also celebrating the fact that conviction is happening because conviction only happens to a heart that is indwelled by the Holy spirit. Like that kind of conviction. I mean, I've done that with people before when they're confessing something, I'll stop and say, just praise God that the Holy spirit, that you're hearing the, the voice of the Holy spirit. Yes. That's evidence that you belong to him and that you are, that he is shaping you. And that in and of itself is an incredible gift and something to be uh, celebrated and, and so I think there's just so many good things that come and freeing things that come with confession um, that we just get the wrong picture. Confession is not just saying the bad things that I've done and, and saying it in a remorseful way that makes it right. clear that I feel really badly about it. Confession is calling out flooding darkness with light. It's calling out these things in my heart and just naming them and putting them on display so that the, so that I can, we can all acknowledge that the cross covers these things and that God in that is he's claiming his, his that he uh, that he has bought us, that, that we belong to him, that he forgives us and that he is shaping us into the image of his son uh, in a way that that means that these things that we grieve over won't always be the case about us, yeah. that they're remnants. So That's it is good. a really incredible thing, which you actually got a question. Cause I mean, so we're talking a lot about this corporate confession, which I know mm-hmm. is just a part of your message, but you had a line that you said there was a question that got brought up and I thought it was a really good one. Um, yes. I was excited. I, I love getting questions, especially about statements like this, that were not a main point. I mean, it was kind right. of just kind of thrown in um, not haphazardly, but it wasn't like meant to be a, a major statement. But the fact that this person picked up on it meant that they were paying attention, which is super encouraging. That's super. Um, that that that's awesome. When you guys do that. Um, so this this question came in uh, through text, and the question was on the on the statement that I made: uh, "We are his together, or we are not his." Uh, and the question was simply, "What can you unpack that a little bit? Like, what do you mean by that?" Um, and, and I, we were curious if, if other people wondered the same thing and, and really it's just a shorthand way of, uh, of saying no one, no one is saved privately just between them and God, right? We are, we are all saved. We are all delivered into a people, a kingdom, a family. Um, and, and it's a, again, just kind of a shorthand way pointing to, to verses like in First John that say, "He who does not love his brother whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom he has not seen." So, this idea that um, I don't need anybody else, I don't need God, I don't, I don't, I don't need his, I don't need the church. Uh, it's just me and God. Um, I, I, I would argue that there is no, um, 
form of biblical Christianity that, that allows you to reject community and reject Christ's body, uh, well, without rejecting Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, that was just my brief way of summing up that much larger concept. Which I affirm and endorse 100%. I, I think, yeah, (laughs) we got him for, we made for a lively podcast. I actually disagree with you. Um, but, but I think in the form of confession, that's always been a hard thing for, I know for me over the years thinking, okay, well, do I have to confess to everyone? Like what, what sins do I need to confess to people? And what ones do I just confess to God? And how do I confess? And I hope that what people are hearing is that it's a rhythm of confession. It's not this. It's not this thing that I do like, okay, I feel sorry. Like I, I, this thought came to my mind. I asked for forgiveness and now I need to go tell at least five people that I just thought this thing and I have to Hmm. confess to all of them. It's, it's a rhythm of confession with our brothers and sisters. And so, um, certainly when there are sins against another person, those are, there are clear cut ways and, and places, times and places where, we would say it is important that you confess this specific thing to this specific person. But as a general rule, we're supposed to just be in a body of believers in a community where the rhythm of our conversation is, is gospel conversation, which is this, the cycle that we're in of repentance and redemption and renewal. And we're constantly being living in this as we, as we do the two steps forward, one step back, or sometimes one step forward and three steps back. And, and we go through this process of kind of growing into this image, um, that God has set for us. I, I just hope that people hear that and realize that it's, um, that we just, we just try to program everything so much in the church where I'm like, okay, my accountability partners, and that's who I confess all my sin to, but I don't do that with anybody else. I don't think that's true. I think to some degree, you confess, you should be confessing to everyone in the body of Christ that you talk with. But that doesn't mean you have to share everything, like confess every Correct. single thing to every single person. Um, I don't know if that makes it more confusing. Hopefully not. But yes, the expectation, yes, if, if I can, <laughs> no, yes, I am agreeing with what you just said. Yeah. If, uh, if somebody's hearing that and and thinking, okay, so so the next time when we gather together, uh, and and we're back in the building, uh, I I need to tell the person who's standing next to me at the coffee station all my deepest darkest sins. Otherwise, I'm not confessing. Right. Uh, that would not be what you are encouraging us to do. However, uh, those people who are a part of this faith family and you are living in your your natural rhythms your throughout throughout the week um like that those those conversations are able to crack through the surface and and rather than just talking about the packers and work and the weather and whatever you did that weekend that those conversations would get to these are the ways that i'm struggling to follow jesus this is a way that i uh, something that I had to pray yesterday to confess to God that 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 our relationships would be able to sustain those kind of conversations and that that would feel um, more natural to us through practice. Yeah, and, and so that would be a practical thing that I would hope I mean, maybe we can leave people with that I I think um, 
I've had a lot of people say, I don't know how to have these conversations. So I have these friendships and I want to talk about my faith. I want to talk about what God is teaching me, or I want to talk about my struggles, but I end up talking about the Packers or I end up talking about work and I can't seem to steer the conversation mm-hmm. in the right way. Well, confession is a great way to do that. So if if I if we're talking and we so quickly go to talking about the Packers, for example, and um and that is bothering me, well that's an opportunity to confess. I could just simply say to the person, I just you know what I find is that I really struggle to talk about deeper things. Like every part of me right now just wants to talk about the Packers. Right. And, and I just, I, I don't, I want to talk about deeper things and I just, um, I just need to confess that, that I, I find myself wandering towards lesser things. Now that may make for an awkward conversation with the person, but you also might free them because they, they may be feeling the same way to say, yeah, I just didn't know how to get out of that. Well, there you go. Confession is, hmm. confession's the way, um, could that's be a, a great a kind of, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, yeah, that's. That was it. I was going to say, that's a, that's a great kind of icebreaker confession of just yeah. saying, man, I'd, I'd love, I wish, I struggle trying to keep, get these conversations to go a little deeper because if the response is, I am just fine right where they are, well, then you know, okay, well, it's a good thing I didn't, uh, you know, start with my deepest, darkest right. <laughs> sin on that one. Right. Um, but if someone, but if that person is, close to you and and that has been a a similar tension that they have felt that can be a a, a real release to go oh man like i can i immediately think of relationships that if one person uh relationships of of people who are in this church right now that if one person took that step the other person would absolutely respond with oh man finally that's this is what i have been looking for um but it takes that that first person to have the courage to say man i really wish we could get beyond this small talk and talk about more substantive things. And it's just hard for me to do that. Um, is, is the perfect type of confession to, to get that ball rolling. Yeah. I would say that's, that's the, that's the top, that's the top, I don't want to say complaint, but um, when people talk to me about the church family, it's the inability to have substantive conversations. And some of that comes from, buying into the idea that you're going to have more of that when you invest deeply into a few, like you're not, you're not so worried about, I want to know everybody as you are about making sure that you know some people really well. Some of that comes through that, but others of it just comes through figuring out how do you, how do you get off that merry-go-round? It's like, you're just, you Mm -hmm. just, we get sucked into these regular conversations that we have so often, which is basically sports, work, weather, hobbies, or people we disagree with in the other political realm. Like that's basically right. the things are going wrong in the culture. That's, that's kind of what we default to. And just what a great um, po- opportunity to kind of throw a, a curveball or throw a wrench into that merry-go-round. So it stops and yes. it allows you to kind of get off and say, yeah, I don't, I don't want to go down that road. Let's talk about why I'm struggling to be in the word right now or why I'm struggling in my prayer life or, that's good. um, or sharing victories of like where you feel like God has met you in that. So, um, I'm really, I, so I was encouraged by the sermon. Uh, I hope, I hope others were as well. Well, thanks. Yeah. I hope so too. I think, does that wrap it up? 
we don't have Kristoff like telling it. us. Like Kristoff is not here with us right now in the room, so I feel a little bit like we don't have our babysitter. That feels that feels like a good place to wrap it up. Does it? It does. Okay. I what do like, you say, listeners? I feel like you cut me off. I, <laughs> I did. You know. Yep. Remember that time when Robbie was the worst. Everybody, sing it with me. And with that, thanks for listening, everybody. And guess what? We will see you. We'll see you on, on Sunday. Sunday.